Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and Trevor Budney. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, buddy. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get out their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? You got it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment. You are the God of now. You are the God of now. You have us here, wherever here is, for a purpose. Lord, help us to embrace that purpose, embrace the mission that you have for us to be your love and your joy and your peace and your hope in the world. Please, Lord, as we read the gospel and we allow you to speak to our hearts, fill us with your courage that we can live the gospel every single day of our lives, in the moments of our lives. Please, Lord, help us to prepare our hearts for Mass, that when we, when we go to Mass on Sunday, we are prepared to encounter you in ways that we may never have before. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to grow closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Amen. And Trevor, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'd love to, the gospel love. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes on my whole income, but the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, when I heard this uh, gospel, it it jumped out at me that this uh, tax collector beat his breast and prayed. You know, when we realize that everything we do in a Catholic Mass comes from sacred scripture, you might remember that we always go, through my fault and beat our breast, through mm-hmm. my fault, through my most grievous fault. That's taking ownership of our choice to sin. Mm-hmm. It is recognition that we have chosen to sin. We own it. Nobody made us do it. We chose to do it. And then it's that contrition of the heart through my most grievous fault. It's that contrition of the heart that we cry out to the Father, forgive me, for I am a sinner, and we ask for the whole congregation to pray for us, acknowledging we're a sinner. It's amazing as we delve into the truths and beauty of the Catholic Church and the Catholic Mass 
It all comes from sacred scripture, except for the homily where the priest breaks open the sacred scripture, just like we're doing today at Gospel Reflection. It comes from sacred scripture. So again, I had never seen this before, but did the Lord kind of reveal it to me when he beat his breast? I'm like, my goodness, there it is. So again, for me, Lord, keep revealing these things to me, these truths and beauties of your church, founded on the rock, Peter, founded in his humility and the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, who entrusted to him the keys that were passed down to our current Pope Francis. Help me in all love and humility to walk out that truth every day with each and every person that I meet. And it's just an interesting contrast. So the Pharisee prayed to himself and the tax collector had his eyes fixed on heaven. Mm. All right, so uh, this is a prayer for me that just my eyes, my heart, my mind is just so focused on heaven. Earlier in the week, the, the priest uh, had a beautiful homily and he was, he was preaching on the, the reading in the daily mass, I believe it was Wednesday, that uh, talked about saying no to sin, it's from Romans, saying no to sin and saying yes to obedience, yes to righteousness. And he, he just said, what do we focus on? Right? Whatever we focus on is, is what we're going to you know, eventually, what we think about, what we focus on in our mind is going to end up in our heart and in our actions and the way we live. And he said, we have to keep our Lord in focus. We have to keep righteousness in focus. We have to keep obedience in focus. And, 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 and scripture didn't say, say yes to opinion. Or yes to my opinion. It said, say no to sin and yes to obedience. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, the greatest that the devil has right now is most people don't even consider sin. Like, what is sin? Is mm. like there, there's just a there's a loss of a sense of sin. And evil one's like, yeah, baby, I got him right where I want him. And now, no, the Lord is saying in Scripture, say no to sin, say no to sin, say yes to obedience. That we don't need to figure it out. God's will is so per. It is not so per. God's will is perfect. His plan is perfect. And if we say yes to obedience, yes to His will, then whole will show us. He'll show us the way. He'll show us how he wants us to, to, to move and to respond. And in those gray areas, then we'll be able to you know, get the, have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know what is God's will in those areas, right? That we're not trying to figure it out ourselves on our own. And that's why it's beautiful that, that we have the gift of the catechism, that yes. in the areas of faith and morals, we don't have to figure it out. The Lord has, has provided that to us through the Catholic Church that if we want to, if we're able to yield our opinion for obedience and there's a question that comes up about fill in the blank, anything as it relates to faith and morals, we can look it up. And the 2000 year history based on scripture, based on tradition, based on the magisterium will guide us. You know, I've, um, I've been reading the gospels lately. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been reading a chapter a day and I was prompted I was prompted to read the gospel by my father-in-law to learn more about Jesus. And the thing that, you know, I don't know if I'm there yet, but the thing that, that, I, that keeps on sticking out to me is the Pharisees because I relate to the Pharisees so much. And, you know, even, you know, took up his position and prayed um, and, and looking at what sin, you know, what sin I have in my own life. And I'm very, you know, I'm as sinful as they come. And being able to, to see my relate, how short I am in my relationship to God. And every once in a while, I, I feel like I'm not, you know? And then, I, and, and, but by reading this every day, 
and seeing that the fair, you know, I just relate to it. Like the Pharisees think that they're, they're so close, right? They think that they're, they are something special. And the ones that are, are the special ones aren't the, you know, these guys that think that they're so special. They're, wow. they're, they're back a little bit, right? And it's, you know, the, the tax collector and all the people that have blemishes on them. That's the ones that, that are doing all the work, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one that God uses. And you know, the difference of that is between your head and your heart. The Pharisees knew all the scriptures in their head. Mm. They could recite them, scripture, verse, text, this and that. Mm-hmm. But when it's Christ in your heart and you live from the heart, come through your head and, and your, your mind is renewed in the mind of Christ, then that's the one-two punch. Because when you I, truly claim your identity in Christ, you're a beloved son. Mm-hmm. God delights in you. You're precious in his sight. Those are all truths. It's not spiritual pride. Then it's the key to that is it's not I to do anything. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who chooses to do everything in me, with me, and through me. This is an incredible contrast between people who know the word of God, which is the Old Testament at the time, which is represented by the Pharisees, which represents each and every one of us to a certain degree, which is spiritual pride, and then the walk of humility. If we look at the first one, the Pharisee, it was, I am, I fast, I pay. Mm. Well, the center of sin, as I N mm. is I. The center of pride is P-R-I-D-E, mm. is I. So whenever we get <laughs> full of ourselves and we start giving ourselves an attaboy, mm. stop that. Let God send you the heavenly kisses, the, the moments where you go, wow, thank, and then to have that heart of gratitude, thank you, God, for using me in that situation. Yeah. Thank you, God, for for allowing me to see that. It's the heart of gratitude, realizing we can do nothing, not even take the breath we just took without God giving us that ability. So living that life of gratitude, and and again, I love the ditty the Lord has given me, that the pathway to heaven, our eternal home, is paved with the stepping stones of humility. One step, one day the constant surrender to the will of God in our life. Jesus Christ, our model, our example, our Lord, our Savior, our brother, our friend, he came to do one thing, the will of the Father. He only spoke what the Father spoke to, told him to speak. When you get that realization that the more we go through this purgation in life, purgation is the purging within us, and from us that which is not of Christ and the perfecting of that which is. So that purging and perfecting, which is a daily journey, purifies us, and 1 Corinthians speaks of it. The hay, the stubble, the wood get burned off. The gold and the silver, though, they still get refined, Mm -hmm. and it says, and there will be suffering. Mm -hmm. But as we continually allow ourselves to go through those times of purgation, through the parables of our lives, which are just life stories, every day we have them, to help us grow and learn and become more perfected in the image and likeness of Christ, we continue to radiate his beauty, his love, his mercy, his compassion into a world that needs it so desperately. And that's the mission. You know, when you look at stewardship and mission of faith, the mission is to be the hands and feet. So God's mission, if you, if you make it real simple, is for all, kid, all of his kids to end up in heaven. That's his mission. 
So what's our role in that? Well, we need to do what you just said, David. We need to be him, not to be like being people over the head with the Bible, but be him. You see someone that needs a smile, you smile. You see someone that's alone, you invite them to, to join you for lunch. You know, if, if you're in a school setting or in a, in a group type setting, we be him and that's our mission. And what's really cool is when we live that and we accept that mission and we, and we are Jesus in the world, the seeds are planted. We may never have said Jesus's name, but we, with Jesus in us, we are Jesus to that person. Seed is planted. And then when they hear Jesus's name, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I met this guy, Trevor, you know, a few years ago and he was so kind to me. That was Jesus. Jesus, yes, I, I accept you. And then what's really going to be awesome when those pearly gates open and people are going to come up to us, Trevor, do you remember back in huh. you know, 2019 when you were going through something yourself, but you still had time for me? I lost hope, but you gave me hope. Mm-hmm. Eventually I said, yes to God, look where I am. I'm in it. That, thank you. Yeah. And people come up to us. That's the mission. And if anybody ever says faith is boring or faith is, you know, once you say yes to God, it's going to be ho-hum. Oh my goodness. No way. Faith is a journey of excitement. God's Jesus said, I came so that you would have life and have it abundantly. And the abundance he's talking about is the abundance that only he can give. The world can't give it. And if the world can't give it, the world can't take it away. Abundant joy, abundant peace, abundant love, abundant, right? The, the abundance of what truly matters. You know, and if you want to get a little preview of that, go get the movie, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. You can get the book and read it by Mitch Album, but get the movie and watch it because it's a story of a man's life who upon his death, he thought he accomplished nothing, got wounded in the war, wasn't able to fulfill his dreams. But then, and I don't want to give the movie away, hmm. you get to see what he sees hmm. After his earthly life is over, and it is, it, I, I I cry every time I see the movie. Yep. And so, uh, go get that movie. And I, I love the word, Rob, as you were sharing this. God commissioned us for a mission. He joined us with the mission of Christ. The word commissioned is co joined with the mission of Christ. Mm. And so, for me, I look at also in Scripture, Jesus invites us to take on His yoke. Mm-hmm. He's with us in the mission. And a yoke, which I never really knew before to a farmer explained it to me, is made for two. It's made for the trained ox who knows the way, knows the farmer's voice, knows the path, and knows how to, how to walk it, and then trains the newbie that's on the other side of the yoke. It's not made for one, it's made for two. So when Jesus says, take on my yoke, we join with Christ in the mission, and God the Father is the farmer, who gently guides and steers and leads us to do what? Plant the seeds, water the seeds, fertilize the seeds, till the soil, never grow the faith. Mm-hmm. Never grow the faith. That's up to God. So, man, I'm all in. Where do you want me, Lord? Keep allowing me to be that tool in your hand. And if you're a guy that likes surprises, Trevor, I don't know if you are, but I am. I love surprises. That's like... If we, if, we, if we accept that mission and we can put our ego aside that we may never see until the other side the ripple effect of our yes, the ripple effect of the seeds of faith planted in people's hearts. Talk about a surprise, man. That's going to be awesome just to see the ripple effect of our yes, that we are intentionally, yes, Lord, I'm in. I'm in and I dedicate this day. I dedicate the moments of this day for you. And I'm just going to love on people. I'm going to be you in the world. 
And I just trust everything that comes from that. I, I just entrust it to you. And then the surprise is going to come. God will let us know every now and then here. Of, Thank of, you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you let us know everything, I, we're going to be we'd it, be in trouble. I think it's kind of impossible not to see the guy. You know, uh, Father Doug, that was at at um at yeah. Stewart, at the stewardship conference. You know, he he starts off his when when we meet, he starts it off with otter God moments. Okay, and it's impossible not to see the God moments. Mm. I think when, once you start looking for them, right? Yeah. Once you start looking for things to be grateful for, there's a lot of things to be grateful for. And once we, you start looking for the the moments that God's in, they're all over the place, you know? And it, it, it's a big relief to me. I'm a pretty go with the flow kind of guy. And it's super nice to know that I'm, I'm being guided, right? Mm. You know, that's what, that's why I'm sitting at this table right now. Um, and you know, just that's, that's how, how my life is just, it's amazing to just watch. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a newer Catholic. I'm Catholic. My, my wife, turned me Catholic. Yeah, sure, sure that's yeah, yeah. So so my my wife, we were together. We've known each other for about six years and then um we dated for about two years and when we started dating, she she didn't date anyone prior to me. She, you know, she was strict with herself, you know? And um and she said she put her claws in me and was like, hey, I think you're gonna be the guy. And I <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And I, I had a crush on her um, and she's a doctor, so I thought she was way out of my league, and I never, I never pursued because I didn't think I was good enough. And she made me once we started kind of dating. About two weeks in, she's like, "Hey, you're going to go to church with me on Sundays, and that's important to me." And I said, "Wait, I, but I'm not. We, we're not of the same. Yeah, I don't believe this stuff." <laughs> and uh, and then I went to church every day, every Sunday for two years, being a non-believer. And and I and I say this part because. Um, this is how bad it was. We would walk out of church and in church, I would be listening to the things that were wrong. Mm. And I was able, always, always able to find one. And I would walk out of there and I'd have a problem with something. And then towards the, probably a, a year and a half into doing this, she, one day we were out of church and she's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, keep it to yourself. And she kind of like laid down the law <laughs> that way. And I said, that's fair, right? Like I shouldn't be beating her up about her religion. And, and then I would and then I just kept it inside of me. Um, and then I went to, to gospel group and then everything changed, right? I saw men that I wanted to be like, right? I saw men that were, that loved their wives and loved their children. And I saw the beauty in all of it. And then there was a couple of, you know, Bishop Barron, you know, Bishop sure. Barron and uh, uh, Matthew Kelly. Um, and I started reading those guys and listening to, to Bishop Barron. But in, you know, the, the thing, the stewardship thing, um, something that kind of attract the, that word is, is an important word because it takes us out of it, right? We're just facilitators of things. And, and that has been something. So a good farmer is just a steward of the land. Right. That's it. They can, they, they can't take the land and produce something at the land that the land doesn't want. Nope. They can't force it. Nope. So you're just a steward. And that from being, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a chef. And I learned that from my farmers. The, the best farmers out there are the best stewards. The worst farmers out there are the guys that try producing something that's not able to produce on, la on bad land. And I'm from Florida. And the soil in Florida is the worst soil in the country. It's all sand. But it's some of the, the most agriculture that happens there. But it's, it's like 
the worst agriculture that you can produce is in Florida. And I always see that as, as kind of an interesting thing. And I was just down in Florida yesterday. I flew back yesterday. And I always, my, my dad lives down there. And I always see that. And I always think to myself, well, if they were just stewards of the land, if they just understood their land and, and were able to be stewards of it, they would just, pro they would produce so much better and they would be happy, mm. you know? And I always, it, it got, you know, it, that word stewardship, when I saw that, and I saw it on the bot, you know, it's on the bottom of our, mm -hmm. our gospel reflection in, um, in Chester. Um, and that got me. And I, that, that word got me. I know we got a little off, off topic. Oh, thank no, you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah, it's no thank problem you. because the word stewardship is what changed my life 15 years ago and had, I had my conversion. It gave me the greatest freedom. When I realized I don't own anything. Nothing. Everything I have is a gift from God that I'm going to use to help others. It set me free. It's yep. not my house, my wife, my farm, my children. These are gifts mm -hmm. entrusted to me, mm -hmm. sacred trusts. Mm. How am I stewarding them, caring for them? How am I honoring God in them? The freedom. Jesus came to give us life and give it abundantly. When you get that, that you don't own anything. God has entrusted you with his checkbook, his children, his, his spouse. Oh, my goodness, it changes your whole dichotomy i you know and uh, this this will be really quick but something that I, that i have to share is that you know i um i don't know if if you know this but i was recently diagnosed with cancer about three three months ago and as a chef i i had to i was in a leadership position i couldn't lead my team having to step away from my team at a, a week at a clip and i also have something neuropathy which um the nerves in my fingers and in my mouth are very sensitive to temperatures especially the cold so i had to leave work and i i didn't i don't have any pay coming in right and um and you know we only have one income now and my wife um we were very stressed out about money early on because we didn't know we had no idea what to do and I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel stressed out about it, but my wife was very stressed out about it. And I, I wanted to, you know, help her not feel that stress because I didn't, I don't want to feel that stress from her being stressed. And, um, the guys from gospel group had a, um, that night she was crying on the phone and I was dri driving to this thing that they threw a little dinner for me for gospel group. And I went out there and they, they handed me a check, right? And I, and I didn't open the check. I just put it in my pocket. I said, thank you to everyone. I got home and I gave her the check. And she's like, how did that happen? Like, what? What are you doing? How did this happen? I said, I don't know. And I told her I didn't even look at the check. And from that point on, right, we've been provided for financially. Not, And I'm not saying in an abstract manner. Not abstract. Like, actually, money been handed to us without us having to ask through and through. And And every, you know, in any given moment, we could get financially like this about something and not for a second have we not been it's been abundance abundance not just getting getting through but abundance it's been crazy how this has happened that's beautiful and and if you can just share because what your wife did uh when she found out when you guys found out the diagnosis yeah you, you weren't that married. was crazy you, no we weren't married we share that. we were it, yeah we were beautiful. engaged we were engaged and you know i was they we none of the markers for the cancer came up on on any sort of scans or any anything through blood and what they thought it's appendiceal cancer so they had they went in to see what was going on with the appendix and they didn't think they could take it out because there was so much inflammation around it so they went in 
and uh you know i'm coming off the anesthesia and i don't know what's happening right and but they wanted they had told my my parents and my my girlfriend at the time my fiance at the time that hey he has cancer and i could see like i was coming to and i saw mm -hmm. everyone's faces and i was like either i'm completely on drugs which i was and you guys are looking at me weird or there's something very wrong and i came i came out of it and they told me that i had cancer and i started crying and part of it was probably because i was on drugs but i also i thought i was going to die in you know in 3 weeks or something like this and you know I, I was crying and i was crying and i was crying and i was i said hey i just need to be left alone for a second with you know i kind of like kicked all the doctors out and i kicked my parents out I was like, I just need to be left alone with Laura for a second. And she goes, hey, we need to get married because I don't want you to go through this alone. And it, it you know, it was, it's amazing. It's, I don't, <laughs> I still, I got, you know, I, I was talking to my, I, I got the good, the, be, the best deal of my life with her. You know, like, I don't know how that happens. I don't know what would happen. I don't know where, without her, I don't know where I would be. You know, she brought me to, she brought me to God. And she's just been by my side through all of it for, for no, it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no reason she, she, she makes more money than me. She's better looking than me. She, all of it, the whole bit, she's just far better in every capacity. And, and she wanted to marry me. And, and it was crazy that without, you know, she has this sense of being able to say, Hey, we're doing this. And I don't second guess that because I know that when she says, when she says it like that, and it doesn't happen often, but when she goes, hey, this, you gotta go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't question it. It it almost seems like it come, God is speaking through her and it's wow. like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. And I go, okay, I'm on board. So realize that it's God the Father who wants to fulfill the desires of your heart, delights in you as his son, and the gifts he wants to give you are beyond our understanding and He's wooing you into the divine intimacy with himself, the same intimacy he has with his son, Jesus Christ. You know, ladies and gentlemen, let's be instruments of the Lord out there. Help the spiritually blind to see, the spiritually deaf to hear, and those that are spiritually dead to be res resurrected again in Christ. This world needs each and every Christian lit up, on fire for the Lord, penetrating hearts with the sword of truth, which is a sword of love, not meant to cut off an ear, but to pierce a heart so that we can set this world ablaze like Jesus Christ prayed for, that it become a blaze. And he wished it was burning then. Well, let's set our ablaze now for the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.